three months to raise. It just depends on who they approach and how quickly they can strike a deal. But yeah, we've definitely helped with that. And then it gets a little bit more complicated when it comes to operations, just because there's just different ways to invest in actual operations, right? There are some investors that may not necessarily want to invest in the plant touching side of things, but will invest in the real estate. So they'll purchase the real estate and lease it back to the operator. From the PodConnect studios, high in the Rockies at the beautiful Beaver Creek Resort, it's the Raising Cannabis Capital Show. Today on the MJ Bulls Raising Cannabis Capital podcast, we are joined by Maxine Cott, the president of CB Advisors. Maxine, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Well, I'm really happy that you could join us today. I have a lot of questions about licensing, which is one of CB Advisors specialties. And I thought maybe to get things rolling, we could talk about what states are currently issuing licenses or preparing to issue license and at what phase or what step of the process they're in. Absolutely. Yeah. So there are two different types of markets, I would say. In industry speak, we define it as an open market versus a limited market. An open market is more like California, Oklahoma, Washington, Oregon, where the number of licenses aren't capped statewide. They may be capped on a local level. So for example, in California, Los Angeles might have a cap of their own on what type of licenses and what how many they're issuing. Same with Oklahoma. Now, they can choose not to cap it, and that's that can cause a lot of oversaturation in that specific area, right? And yeah. we see that a lot in Oklahoma versus a limited market where they're only giving out so many licenses, like Pennsylvania, where they issued only 50 dispensary licenses statewide. Now, each licensee is able to open up to three dispensaries, but that's still only 150 licenses statewide versus 10,000 in, in Oklahoma. So those, are the, so those are the two differences. So a lot of the the times when I'm speaking to an investor, that is the first thing that they are looking for is a market with a limited number of licenses that are being issued statewide because obviously that affects your market share and your return and the revenue you can generate in your business. So right now, there are about 10 states that are accepting applications or will be accepting applications in the near future. California or Oklahoma, they're always going to be accepting applications because they don't have deadlines because it's always open and it's unlimited. Mm-hmm. Some of the markets that a lot of investors are interested in and are watching are New Jersey, New York, Connecticut, which just legalized in the past year or so. And those are their states that are going to be a little bit more competitive because they tend to limit the number of licenses they issue. Arizona will be accepting applications as well, but only for social equity applicants. So those are the top markets that most individuals are watching right now. Oh, it's quite a few. It's a really good sign. Yeah, it's a complicated topic, licensing, and we don't have time to get into every aspect of it. So I was going to hopefully focus today on the cost and how to fund it. I know each state is different, but just to give people a perspective, approximately how much will people spend to submit a competitive application? For a competitive application, 
in a market like New Jersey, like New York, Pennsylvania, Ohio, just to name a few where the state is limiting the number of licenses. It depends on the type of license you're pursuing. So for a dispensary, I like to say anywhere from $100,000 to $150,000, pending on real estate. Real estate's probably going to be one of your biggest expense because you have to somewhat secure it prior to the application. And that varies depending on the location and the building size and all of that. And if you're pursuing a manufacturing license, which is sometimes referred to as a processor license, where you're able to create products, so edibles, tinctures, topicals, oils, things like that, I would safely say around 150 to maybe 200,000, because the property you're looking for is sizably bigger than a dispensary location because you need all the equipment and all of that. And for cultivation, I would safely say for a competitive application process where you really want to go all out because you have to if if you're going to stay in a chance to win one of these licenses, it could cost you probably up to a quarter million. I've seen people spend a lot more. And that's just for the application, folks. That's I mean, if you get the license, then there's a lot of extra expenses on top of that. Give us an idea of how that money will be allocated. So typically for any competitive application process, a lot of the states will mimic each other. So the ingredients of what you need to submit an application that stands a chance in actually winning is the same. And so some of the costs that you'll incur during an application process to submit the application in hopes you get one of these licenses, so it's not guaranteed, there is some risk to this expense, is your attorney. That's going to be your best friend. <laughs> you need one. <laughs> so your attorney fees obviously will range. So typically we like our clients to budget anywhere from 10 to 20 grand, just depending on the complication of the partnership agreements. And then if you hire consultants such as ourselves to help you navigate through the entire application process to consult on team building, real estate selection, and actually drafting your policies and procedures, which are very important and the meat and potatoes of your application, our fees range anywhere from fifty dollars to $150,000. And then your real estate is probably the, where you'll spend most of your money in terms of your application costs. Depending on how you secure it, it can cost nothing if you own the property by coincidence, <laughs> or it can range up to 20000 or even more, depending on what the landlord wants for them to hold the property for you. I've seen some clients get away with 2500 It just depends on the market. And your application fees. So oftentimes, the state will request a non-refundable application fee and that ranges anywhere from as low as 2500 to 20000 <laughs> Right. Some of which are refundable. A portion of it sometimes is refundable. But at a minimum, you're looking at at least 2000 to 5000 non-refundable. And this right. is really, this is just for a ticket to the dance. I mean, you're not, you know, you, you haven't actually got the ticket stamped, but you can. You, I love that analogy. Yes. <laughs> you're right. It is. It's crazy for, like you said, for a chance in the lottery, this is what you have to spend. You guys are, in addition to all the other services, do you help some your clients secure their funding or help them raise the money? Yes, we, we do. So we have helped clients raise pre-application 
for the application for the expenses we just talked about and also for operations. So if our clients are lucky enough to get um, a license and they need help raising, we've helped them do that as well. And what we typically do is similar in both fashions. Obviously, the only difference is what you're raising for. So it's easier to raise for the application cost just because it's it's a a smaller amount typically. We've helped clients put together their investor deck, a business plan, their financial performa, and projections, a breakdown of what the application costs will entail and what the funds are being utilized for. And typically that's a small family friends raise, obviously depending on the type of license you're pursuing. So sometimes it can take our clients a week or up to three months to raise. It just depends on who they approach and how quickly they can strike a deal. But yeah, we've definitely helped with that. And then it gets a little bit more complicated when it comes to operations, just because there's just different ways to invest in actual operations, right? There are some investors that may not necessarily want to invest in the plant touching side of things, but will invest in the real estate. So they'll purchase the real estate and lease it back to the operator. There's no reason to reinvent the wheel. You guys have done it so many times. You understand the process. You can explain it to your clients and help them navigate through this. It is so complicated. You talk about putting together the SOPs and the manuals. That's really just the tip of the iceberg. There's so much involved. I know that. I want to talk about the for the lucky people that get a, a license awarded. In the past, a lot of those people were just either partnering up with a larger entity immediately, or in some cases they were selling their license like as soon as they got it. Is that still a thing? It is still very much a thing. There are some states that will put parameters in there to prevent this from easily happening, but there's always workaways around it. So if you really are looking to sell, there's a way, (laughs) right? So for example, Arizona, for the social equity program, If you are awarded a social equity license here in Arizona, you can't sell, you can't do anything to the license until you get your approval to operate for your dispensary, which means you have to have your dispensary ready and for inspection. And once they give you that approval to operate, then the rules change a little bit, but that prevents somebody from immediately turning around and selling their license without an actual building or potential operations. So that's one of very few markets that have done something to prevent that from happening. But that's also to protect the social equity applicant, I'm you know, assuming. That's their goal. But yes, that happens a lot. Arizona actually just issued 13 licenses, and Arizona's licenses are probably one of the more valuable licenses because we are a recreational market, and it is a limited number of licenses. And that's hard to find because a lot of the recreational markets tend to not cap the number of licenses they issue. We see that in Michigan. We see that in California. That obviously means there isn't any money to be made in this market. It just isn't as immediately valuable as Arizona would be where there is a cap number of licenses. So they just issued 13, which makes the total, including existing licensees that were able to convert to adult use, the total is now 143 licenses total. 
and it's a vertically integrated license, which means with that one license, you can grow, manufacture, and sell. And so those licenses alone, and not including operations, not including staff, product, or anything, are going for anywhere from eight to twenty million. (laughs) (laughs) And there are buyers. (laughs) Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Because MSOs that are multi-state operators that have made a sizable profit in other markets are now starting to have the actual capital to expand through acquisition. And sometimes that is easier for them and less of a risk for them rather than going through the application process. Wow. Well, staying with the ticket (laughs) analysis, if you get the golden ticket, that is... that is worth it. It's worth it. $150,000 to turn around for 20 million. It's not right. such a bad gamble. I, wow. Well, we'll, <laughs> we'll have all of Maxine's info and CB advisors information in the show notes. So I think it's a good idea if you're serious about getting into this business or even trying to pursue a license, it's always a good idea to speak with a professional before you jump into it because this is competitive. It's very competitive and it helps to have somebody that's been around the block a couple times, which CB Advisors certainly has. Maxine, thanks for being on the show today. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. You've been really easy to work with. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your Cannabis Business Podcast, The Talking Hedge, and newest member on PodCon X. So come on over and check out The Talking Hedge. We talk about business news, interviews, investments, events, all that stuff. So come nerd out with me over at The Talking Hedge. You can find me at The Talking Hedge podcast.com or on all your favorite podcast platforms. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, or don't, and I'm out.